So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now, for the review of the day. Got a comment here from Alan Moyne, M-O-I-N. Alan says, you and your group are rock. Your podcasts are full of great information for any agent who wants to improve their business. Thanks for all the hard work. Five plus, 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 plus. Thank you, Alan. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we are coming to you from Los Angeles. Got Michael Bjorkman on. Uh, and Mike and I are going to dig deep into uh, some really cool stuff. This guy is a sought-after speaker coach, uh, is running a bustling company, and um, has some great insights on how we should start hedging our bets in this real estate market. What is, what is the future of the next five years in real estate? What are some ways you could start hedging uh, to protect yourself if, if it does and when it does actually start slowing down. I'm going to get Mike's opinion on that too. And anyways, we're, we're going to dig deep, deep, deep in some really cool, fast conversation. So hold on to your seats. And Mike, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars, bro. Hey, buddy. Thanks so much for having me on. I've been, I've been listening to your podcast for years and years. And, you know, it's funny. You always say, hey, please, please give us reviews. The, better, the more reviews, the better guests we have. And you finally got me, buddy. no all kidding aside man no i told you before i appreciate so much what you do for this industry and if you're listening as a real estate agent uh you know i recommend an hour a day of skill set and i would definitely pick this as the 30 45 minutes in the beginning because the diversity and the knowledge that i've learned from this podcast is mind-blowing and i just wanted to thank you publicly for that pat yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for saying that. And, you know, a lot of people out there, they're, they're, you know, taking the podcast and they're putting it on one and a half X or two X and, and just going, going back. And I had someone tell me the other day, they went all the way back to one. And I'm like, holy dirt. I'm like, you know, we're at like over 650 of these. I'm like, you went all the way back to one. I mean, I can't imagine the, the, the amount of knowledge and amount of understanding of the real estate industry that that agent has going all the way back to one from 650 um, from all the agents that have been on here. I mean, it just has to be incredible. I mean, she probably knows stuff that there's agents been in the, in the business 30 years that, that aren't even close to knowing. So, No, that can happen. What you just said is real. I mean, when you started this years ago, we had a different market and we've, you've talked to agents from all different walks of life, all different specialties, all different companies, man. I, I, I learned something every day, like I said, so you're absolutely right. I would recommend to go back to one. There you go. All right. Well, why don't you tell everybody about you? What, uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, let's get to know you. All right. Well, I got in the business in 1991, fresh out of high school, um, skipped by college. It just wasn't in my in my future because uh, we grew up with nothing. I didn't really have money to go to college. And um, somebody said, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I want to make more than a lawyer, a doctor. And they said, real estate it is. So I got my license and worked really hard and went for it. So I worked at Remax for about 19 years, Keller Williams for about four. And then I've owned a HomeSmart franchise here in Santa Clarita, California, where Magic Mountain is. People call me Magic Mountain Mike, not to get confused with Magic Mike. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're just north of L.A., but I have four offices now, um, Northridge, Westlake, Palmdale, um, Santa Clarita. I have about 300 agents. I have a pretty large property management company called California Leasing. We manage just over 600 doors. Um, I have my own sales team of about 10 right now. We do about 160 transactions. We're on track for 200 this year. Uh, average price range about 500,000. I coach agents. I speak and just, 
I just love real estate, man. That's just me. I just do it all. I own an escrow company and, uh, you know, I just diversify and make sure money's coming in from all different angles. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So, so first of all, tell me about HomeSmart. HomeSmart, uh, been around for quite a while now, number one company in the Southwest. It's a fantastic uh, flat fee model. Uh, when I was looking to leave Keller Williams because of the exorbitant fees, I wanted to find a model where there was an end-to-end technology platform, which HomeSmart had. And uh, I, I looked around, I was going to start my own independent boutique shop. And the more and more I talked to people in the industry, they said, hey, it already exists. So HomeSmart's, you know, uh, the average is like 500 bucks a deal. And you put your listing in the computer, it creates virtual tours and single property websites, CRMs and great websites. It's just, a, it's just, it's the model of real estate I think will last the next five to 10 years until the big change, whatever that might be. Uh, because I know the traditional model's out and this was somewhere in between super high tech, super low fee, but yet super franchise support. So uh, it's been a it's been an amazing ride. There's bricks over, and mortar. I mean, you, you bought four franchises, uh, right? So you're the, yeah. The 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 idea is to have small brick and mortar. We don't want to house agents, uh, but we still want to have conference rooms and traditional brick and mortar. But we just don't have that you know twenty thousand square feet of office space. Yeah, training room. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. And the way every one of my training rooms, I have room for at least 50, 60 people. I fill that up weekly in each office. And they come in, they get their mail, they go to training, and then they go back to Starbucks or an executive suite or their so it's house. Basically, or, it's basically a, a training room with mailboxes. Yeah, and you know we have our escrow company and our admin staff in there. Um, so it's, it feels like a normal office. But the, the, the whole idea is just not to house agents because then you're looking back to you know, 90, 10, 80, 20 splits. And most agencies these days are way too smart for that. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So you got that. You got four of those suckers. You got your own team. You got an escrow company, you know, property management company, 300 agents. Let's talk a little bit about what you see in the future. And uh, you've been in this a long time. I mean, you're a good guy to talk to. What do you, what do you think's going to happen in the next five years with regards to real estate? It's 2023. What's the market look like? Um, <laughs> your tattoo just threw me off <laughs> when you <laughs> raised your hand. Uh, I think, you know, at least in Southern California, we go to, you know, five to seven year cycles. We started going up in 2011. It's now 2018. We're in a prime spot to slow down. I think we would have slowed down a couple of years ago, but Trump saved us with tax reforms this year and his election the year before and gave uh, the country the confidence to still invest in real estate. I think now is the time where we will start. We're already seeing stabilization and prices going down. And uh, I think this is a market where I don't necessarily think it'll crash like it did before in the recession because of the loans. But I think we are going to have a correction. Uh, It's just natural, right? I I don't want it, but I'm not going to hide from it. I've been through two of them. This feels like 2005 when it started slowing down in Southern California. You know, the, the buyers are being more picky in inspections. The homeowners are, are being more picky about what agent they hire. Things are sitting on the market a little bit longer. We're talking price reductions. So you don't feel those things unless you sell a lot of homes. And most agents are still going, yeehaw, going out and, you know, leasing the Lamborghini. But I'm sitting there going, whoa. This is a little yeah, different well, that's than my next question. You think agents are living in a, in, in a financial fantasy world today? Oh, God, yeah, they are. I have 300 oh. of them that work for me. <laughs> they're, they're loving life right now, but I can really feel it slowing down. And, you know, I felt it slowing down two years ago, right before the election, too. And I think, I think I'm right when I say the, the, the political economy of our, of our nation saved it for a couple more years, but I, that can't last forever. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think you're 100% right. I agree with you. Um, so the question is, right, because we're all about meat and potatoes and, and what kind of shit can we do to, to you know, make more money, save more money, and invest more and have, have something left over so that we can, you know, eventually retire from this game like I did. Let's, get, let's give the audience here some advice. What do we need to do to start hedging so that we have income coming in that might not necessarily be real estate commissions or, or what advice do you have? 
No, I think I see where you're going with this, Pat. Uh, I think there's a couple things, that, and I'll tell you what we're doing in our office. We're taking those newer agents that didn't go through the recession, and we're starting to get them default-minded. You know, let's teach them BPOs. Let's teach them short sales, get them certified. Let's start talking. I have one agent going next week down to the auction. And just to kind of get the default mentality. And then on the other side of that is what I did and what I highly recommend is uh, property management, uh, bolt on a property management platform to your existing real estate. Um, I think that is good for two things because one of my biggest regrets in 2005 when the market started going down wasn't jumping into REO right away. In 2007, when the wheels came off, I started property management. But don't get me wrong, it was an amazing adventure. And to this day, it's been the most lucrative thing I've ever done. But REO would have been nice to get into a little earlier. I got in in 2010 and I rode the wave till 2012. You know, I had 30, 40 accounts, 60, 70 assets at one time, which was good. But I think if you're going to consider REO, which we all should in the next market because that's where the money's at, I think we should also consider property management because when you have a team managing REO, you can also manage the property for your investors, manage the property for, you know, that's a, one of the reasons I got into is people in 2007, people said, Mike, I don't want to give my home away. Will you management? manage it. And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And this, as soon as you, before you knew it, I had like 10 of them. And I said, well, we might as well open a company, but thank God I did. Because, you know, one of the things about property management is it's recession proof. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's just market proof. When the market's going down, tons of people buy uh, rentals. They, tons of people can't afford, so they rent. When the market's stable, people still want to have amazing investments to use as retirement vehicles. And when the market's going up, people want to buy and hold and flip in the future, or they can now, the economy's good so that people can afford to buy. So it's market proof. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. Property management's huge. And the nice thing about it is for us people that like to sell homes, these people are paying us monthly to babysit their houses while we build relationships with these people. So they'll go nowhere else where we have them buy the gonads and they will sell their homes with us when it's time. And it's, I mean, how many people can honestly say today that all these people in their database are paying them monthly? No, we're, we're worried about what to say to them. Hi, this is Mike. I know I haven't called in a while. Dialogues. Yeah. And these people are calling me, Hey, what's up? Yeah. yeah, These people love me. They call me and beg me for, for let's analyze this a little bit. Like I I had Vinny Chopra on who, who owns a, um, out in California there actually Uh owns a private equity fund that all they do is invest in rental real estate. And, uh, he called it a renter nation. He says, uh, United States of America, North America, even Canada, parts of Canada are, are renter nation now. And he said, he said, what's happening is a lot in, in a lot of these age categories, there are more renters than ever in history. Yep. Um, the people are, are getting uh, more skeptical about owning houses and it gives them a lot more freedom. And there's tons of reasons he goes into that. And that episode hadn't come out yet, but it should be out soon. And, and that's why he's putting all his money and puts all his clients' money into rentals and, and apartments and multifamily and things like that. Why do you like like, here's the thing. Here's the reason why most people don't get into, first of all, property management, because they see it as very cumbersome. They see it as arduous work, like a lot of work for a little bit of money. And I guess yeah. the question is, is, is that a limiting belief, right? Yes. Is that a limiting belief? And, and why? It's, it's, it's one of those things our, it's one of those things our parents told us money doesn't grow on trees managing property is hard here's the reality of it in 2007 I started the company I built the, I built the company to a hundred homes in a year and I used my existing staff and all we did was modify our job skills and our and our skill set right um, but you know I'll give you a little a little bit of numbers the average rental property or the the lowest average is fourteen hundred dollars in this country right? The average management fee is about 10 per, uh, 10%. So if you manage 100 fees, you're going to be in with, the, with selling 20% of your income. Just with this little farm you have, you're going to make over 250 grand a year. Most mm-hmm. agents are begging to do that. So the nice thing is, let's be honest, a real estate agent's biggest fear when they're only doing 20, 30 deals a year is, can I afford an assistant? Well, if you mix in property management, that property management pays for your assistant. They only work a few 
hours a week on property management, but then they can spend the rest of the time working on your transactions, your business, your database. So what I like about it is it affords you to hire your team and it pays for your team. So it's zero overhead for your real estate sales. You could use the profit of property management, pay for your branding, your marketing, your social media manager, all these different things. So like I said, it's a database of people paying you. Yes, you have to learn a little bit and open your mind, but let's be honest, we have the same freaking license to sell as we do to rent, and, and renting a home out is no brainer. Most people in the lower price range make more money off renting a home year after year than they would selling it year after year. So it's a, it's a very stupid limiting belief that agents have. Um, but more importantly, what I found across the country and I used to train is the brokers don't want the agents to do property management because there is liability and it is something that you have to learn. And it takes a lot of dollar productive time away. I mean, if you're managing properties, I mean, uh, you know, you're not making big commissions. They're not running the commissions through the broker. So the broker doesn't get a cut of that, right? Um, they're Depends, doing that on yeah. the side, for number one. Number two, it takes you away from prospecting and earning commissions that the broker gets fees on. And so, you, you know, here's the thing, like a long time ago, Tim Harris from Tim Harris and Julie, uh, Tim and Julie Harris University told me, you know, you want to always go where the money is flowing. Yep. You know, and it's kind of like a river, right? Like, so if you look at, I hike a lot and I look at rivers and, and inevitably what happens with a river is a tree falls down or there's a really weird storm and all of a sudden the, the river start flowing in a different direction and go to the right instead of to the left. And I'll notice it and I'll be like, like now it's flowing this way where it used to be flowing that way. So taking that analogy into effect, going where the money is flowing, right? Knowing that the river is taking a turn, right? The question is, do you think that it is taking a turn towards short sales and REOs again? Or do you think it's not going to happen this time around that people are going to be able to hold on to their houses and that it's really what you're going to see more of is uh, people renting houses and needing rentals and having houses that they rent out or yeah. both. Tell me, tell me what, to, like if I'm trying to decide what to do, do, do I start filling out uh, accounts with banks again? Yeah, I that's you know I just had that with my office manager yesterday. I said, look, our E and O is being renewed this week, and this is the time to go through all the websites and start updating and you know giving them new resumes and whatnot. Here's what I know about property management. One of the things you said before it takes them away from prospecting. It really doesn't because when I call it for sale by owner, hey, it's Mike Bjorkman. Are you interested in renting that home you're trying to sell? There's no way a client has not considered renting their home out before they considered selling it. So one of the beautiful things is I got all the short sales first, I get all the sellers first, because everybody calls me and says, I might sell, but I also want to know what it rent for us. Hey, you know, Mr. Smith, one of the benefits of working with Team Bjorkman is we handle everything. Whether you want to buy, rent, sell, invest, we can handle that. Why don't I come over and give you free market evaluation on both? As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool, an item of utility that real estate agents can use to drastically increase their sales and profits. Some of the things that have been brought have been ebooks, forms, reports, negotiating techniques, hiring guides, postcards, checklists open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999.
fantastic. Now I stopped them in their tracks. Now, normally they'd call a property management company and then an agent. Right now I'm a one-stop shop for them. If I'm calling a for rent by owner out of the paper, hey, this is Mike Bjorkman. Are you interested in selling that property? So prospecting is exactly the same. You just offer both. And no matter what they say, you can still help them. So it doesn't matter if you're working social media, working community outreach, working expireds. For, it doesn't matter the same prospecting works for both. If you got something that paid you a few grand a year, are you okay with that? Yes, because in most markets, a commission is only a few grand. So if you could make that off a rental property and do it year after year, wouldn't you be okay? It's the same as selling the property year after year. So the so at the end of the day, you build your database, you build your predictable cash flow, but more importantly, you build your chances for uh, referrals, you build your chances for, I mean, hell, you can have an open house at a rental property. What if you had a really nice home for rent in a really nice location, you know, would bring a hundred people in that day. Hi, welcome to the open house. Are you guys interested in renting or buying? Oh, we want to buy. Well, this particular home's for rent, but I do know off-market homes. And you know, I could show you pre-foreclosures and short sales. Would you like to go out Tuesday or Wednesday? Or the other way around. Oh, we're here to rent. Fantastic. This home's for rent. We have others on our website. So it doesn't matter all these things work together, but as the market changes, it'll be okay because once you have your property management team set up, you already have them trained to handle your massive REO accounts. You could be on a plane going to every single so Rio you're Mac. And you could be ready. So you're saying you, you don't know, right? You don't know if, if uh, uh, here's the thing. And, and uh, you know, I've been at it a long time too. I started in 1987 and the other waves that I've seen where the market has slowed down and crashed we didn't have that tsunami of foreclosures and short sales. I mean, that, that was a one-of-a-kind thing, and no one had seen that amount ever before, anywhere near that, even in right. other real estate crashes. You yeah, know I, mean? I don't think we'll ever see that again. But let's be honest. If the average agent was to get three to five REOs a month, would that be okay? So they didn't get 10, 15, 20 like they did in 2008, 9, right. and 10. So I'm still going to go after three to five listings a month like I would You're normally. you your bet. With, yeah, with so and with property management, yeah, is there any even, other way you could think of that agents now should be hedging their bet, knowing the fact uh, that that uh, winter is coming? Yeah, I think I think we have to invest in our own inventory as well. I think every agent should put a certain amount aside and buy their own, um, you know, industry. Every every agent I think should buy a rental property every six months to a year if possible. I think that's a good way to keep keep their cash flow coming. Even if the market goes down, as long as they bought, um, you know, smart, they're still going to be able to keep their properties through the bad market and invest in more. But between sales, property management. REO, short sales. I mean, we have it covered. We're, we're ready for any market, right? So I've, even after the 94 earthquake, we started pioneering short sales. And, and right now, the, the, the market right now, the, REO, the notice of defaults are up 8% nationally. That's a pretty big number. Okay, wait a minute. Slow so, down. The notice of defaults are up 8%, meaning yeah. 8% from what? The prior year? From last year, yeah. Or from that was the 2000. 8% and higher, not, not just. 8% on the number that they were. So. Right. 8% from the prior year. And what's really interesting is all of a sudden, I, we're going through our staff meeting the other day, and we have three short sales. Where the hell did that come from? We haven't had a short sale okay, in two so years. That, that, that's you know? a great. I'm glad you brought that up. What, where the hell did it come from? Tell, you know. Tell. The people are just like, hey, look, they're, they're one of them, their loan reset, and they've been struggling. The other one still is, you know, upside down from the last time. And the other one borrowed against their property because in the last couple of years, the banks are saying, hey, let's give you some seconds and HELOCs again. And now they're upside down, they're getting a divorce, and they can't afford us. And now we got a short sale on our hands. It's just crazy to see well, how many people, people out there that are saying that, this whole, that the, the whole short sale phenomena it is going to happen again in a big way. I, I personally don't see it, but, but you, know, you know, I'm not a futurist by any means. and I'm just a guy, right? So, so why would somebody think that? What, what, I mean, why, that's crazy that you had, you know, at your sales manual just now, you had three. I mean, most people are running around going, this market is freaking great. Yeah, this market is fantastic, but let's do it. Be honest. The market has picked up 30, 40% in the last five years. If the market goes down just 20%, which is a really good average of what it could possibly do, you're going to have all those short sales on your hands again. 
And, and I think the, I think the world is smarter this time. There were so many short sales that stopped foreclosures last time. I think short sale is still a word, you know, cause back in 2005, when I first started doing short sales, again, people never even heard of them. We used to call them short pays back then. Right. Uh, but I think now it's still a word that people remember short sale. And it's just, instead of foreclosure, I'm losing my house. I'm going to short sell my house. I think, I think the banks like it better. I think we kind of figured it out. Um, you know, it wasn't always fun with the, the negotiators and you know how the third party negotiators got involved like they did REO oh, but it's grueling yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah, I think it's work, better right? than it's better than being a greeter at freaking Walmart you know right. I mean I mean, I mean it's if, a lot if you now but you know back in yeah. the beginning when we first started that I mean it was a lot of hard work man yeah let's be honest you have a, a good admin and TC they can handle 20 30 short sales at a time we'll wear out freaking selling normal retail property or whatever. Well, I guess at the end of the day, it's not hard nowadays to go short, right? I mean, like you can, you can buy a house for 400 and then, you know, get transferred 18 months later. And if the market, like you said, if the market even goes down 5%, you know, if the value even drops down 5%, yep. right? 20 grand. And all of a sudden you put five grand down when you bought it on an FHA loan or something, you're screwed, right? You yeah. can't move. It's, it's no. amazing how fast things change. I, I, I just blinked and it turned around. I was talking to my son last night. He got in trouble and he said, dad, last week was so good. I was driving anywhere I wanted. You never asked me where I was. I can come home as late as I want. And this week I don't have a phone. I'm not allowed to go anywhere. I can't see my friends. I said, isn't that amazing how fast the market changes? I said, never forget that son. <laughs> it's a good story, right? <laughs> it's, it's real. It's and like that's that, what happens. It's like that insurance commercial, right? Life comes at you fast. Yeah. It's yeah, funny, you know. Oh, it's so true. Life comes <laughs> it, at you fast. You know? It does. The agents watch me. They watch me on a plane once a month. I'm still working in Dallas. I'm still working with my REO clients, my asset managers, the bank managers. And they're going, you're so stupid. The market's great. And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for it, you know. Like this week, everybody's going to Green River, and they're still doing office visits. And, and the agents that haven't been around don't understand what we're doing. But I'm keeping these relationships. I'm keeping my you know, short sell knowledge up because, you know, that little 10 year cycle seemed to go by really fast, didn't it? <laughs> you know, so sure yeah, I'm just, I think all agents really need to diversify. And if it's not property management, I don't know what to tell you, but property management is a natural uh, bolt on to our business. And it's, it, you talk to twice as many people, you get paid twice as much money. I mean, let's just do it. Be honest. I manage 600 homes. We net about 50 grand a month. I could literally retire today and live like a king in a lot of different parts of this country. And I could also sell my business for a couple million dollars. How many agents can sell their database for a couple million dollars or stop selling and go sit on the beach in Clearwater like I want to do? And I, I'm okay living off of 20, 30 grand a month. So why wouldn't an agent build an empire like that? If I wanted, I, I make, you know, let's be honest, we'll still make a million dollars in sales this year. I can go buy rental properties. I can still, there's a lot of things I can do. I could take every penny from the property management company and buy investments with that money why would an agent like you said hedge themselves set themselves up for success most agents will wait till it's too late and they're cocky right now and you know it'll be interesting to watch what happens and they're not going to get paid prepare. as much right up front i mean any starting any small business you're you're it, it takes forever to start really getting the juice flowing where you yeah where you get paid you know what i mean so right now they can make a, a, a commission lickety split you know, yep. and so they really do need this to think. And I think the, the, the bottom line here is, right, if you really want to hedge yourself so that you don't get, you know, crushed by this market, right, and you're stable, you know, property management on a large scale is a great way to go. Uh, second idea, right, REO, not going to be as crazy as before, but still is a great way to protect yourself. Um, start filling out the forms online and start, you know, getting with local banks and saying, hey, I'm your guy when the time comes. And then third and the easiest, right, is to simply buy some rentals, buy a rental every six months, like you said, and, and have that wealth there, have, have that horizontal income coming in from that rental. I mean, you can't, you really can't go wrong in the long run uh, with buy and holds. No, no, I, I think diversity is all is everything for real estate agents. I mean, I've even bought into a very large piece of Trinity Tech, which is a cell phone accessory company, and it's it's a different part of an industry, but I still feel comfortable knowing that I'm diversifying in other areas. You know, we're starting a painting company right now because we can leverage our six hundred properties. Legit, if I wanted to, I'm safe. I could start a painting company, a 
a pool company, a maintenance company, a carpet cleaning company. I can start a, I do have a handyman that we make a lot of money. Why haven't you, you know, you're starting everything. Why haven't you started a mortgage company? You know, (laughs) that's one of the things I didn't want to talk about because it's a gray area on the MSAs and stuff like that. And I always get into debates with people, but we have a, we have it's getting, it's getting harder. We have a fantastic MSA right now and we are in the works working with some mortgage companies. We just wanted to get what we had going right. Um, the property management company is growing so fast. Our sales team's growing so fast that, you know, we hired 118 agents this year. I opened two offices, you know, we hired a whole nother S two escrow team. So, you know, we got to do things in how, order. How are, you, how are you getting 118 agents? I mean, how'd you do that? Uh, you know, from that, or is it is simply an economic play? Hey, come here. No, I mean, I think. Down. I think there's three things that really matter. Fees, of course. The agents are smart. I mean, if you see the revolution going on with fees and flat fee brokerages and 100% shops, it's a really big thing. Now, you call it a revolution. It's it's, it's nothing new, right? It's nothing new. I mean, there's always been flat fee brokerages. What what, what is so different about today? They're they're coming on hot right now. There's new companies coming out every day to compete with the red fins, compete with the purple bricks, all this stuff. So the hundred percent shops, purple bricks. <laughs> purple bricks, and uh, what the hell's a purple brick? The people that sell your home for a flat thirty six hundred dollar commission in our area, um, they they're get local. Purple brick realty. Yeah, you've never heard of that. No, sorry. Wow. Oh yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, let's be honest. You can. It's a you flat fee, thirty six hundred bucks. Yeah, and they have, and Redfin is dropping emails constantly. Two yesterday, I got. You know, hey, we'll sell your home for one percent. You know, the, it's something to very seriously compete with. So the hundred percent companies are thriving right now. Um, you know, Big Block Realties, one of the fastest growing companies in our area, and HomeSmart's yeah, another been on one. The show. Yeah. yeah, and Sam's one of my best friends, and you know, we we do a lot of you know masterminding together. And it's just interesting to watch this revolution. It's more than ever. And I think fees are a big part of it. But the other thing I think is support, company support, which we have the best training in the industry. We have the best team to support the agents, but they still pay less. You're not giving up. You know, there's that old adage of, do you want it cheap or do you want it high quality? You don't get both. But it's not true. At our company, you get both. You get high quality broker support, high quality technology and tools that are free, plus the low fees. So we have the total package. So once agents find out about it and they find out it's not too good to be true, they flock over. I mean, we, we're hiring, you know, two or three agents a week. Right well, now. here's something. I mean, we're talking about, you know, big changes and disruption and revolution and these really cool words and exciting words. And I'm going to talk to you about something, but I'm going to, let's not use numbers. I don't want to get us locked up in federal prison, but let's just say right. X and Y. Here's something I'm shocked that really hasn't happened yet, or maybe it has happened, right? The one thing that, I guess I'll pose it as a question. Have you seen this happen, and do you think this is going to happen? The, the one thing that hasn't been disrupted uh, is the co-op commission, right? Like the, these guys are going in saying, okay, I'll list your house on the list side, for X, $3,600, but then their co-op commission remains, for the most part, at least from what I've seen, intact at X. Do you think that's ever at risk of being completed? It is. Where people just start putting in Y and X, and they're like, screw you, take it or leave it? So when the industry changed from X to Y last time, and now our new industry standard is X, and we all know what that is, um, you know, we we continue to split that for a long time. But in Southern California, it's very common now to pull up your hot sheet every day and see people have now reduced co-op to Y. And I think it started with uh, the bank auctions and um, some of the short sell stuff at the end, and they still realized people would buy it. So, you know, my buyer's agents come to me every day in tears saying, look at the MLS says, my client <laughs> look, wants to I see this. house and I'm, I'm yeah. rental. What and, happened? And, like, well, you didn't look at the co-op. I mean, right. it's I, very I real. And I think... Because you could go beyond Y, you could go to Z and be and like... I think, I think that's happening. There's a lot of dirtbags in our market right now in the Los Angeles County area that are doing that. They're putting in commissions so low that it makes me look at property management again and say, thank God I'm in property management because I'll make more money off well, this really house during that, year. I mean, it's, it's bound crazy. to happen. I mean, it, to, to me, it's, it's ripe for disruption because... There's a lot of different brokerages opening up, like you said. The broker has a lot less control and mm-hmm. or doesn't want that control. Yep. And you have a lot of online stuff where it's just like, you know, here, you know, you can work at this brokerage and you can put a, 
a property in MLS and I, you know, I don't care what you say about it or what co-op you put in there. And, and then they do the it. buyers go and look at Zillow or, or Trulia or something. They see the house online, not through the broker. They say, I want to see it. The agent meets them out there. They're like, oh, they fell in love with this house. Then they look and the co-op can be, it can be four cents. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and they uh, have to do it. They have to represent that buyer. And they want to get the future referrals. They don't want to be known as a jerk. But that is so real. It's happening every day, Pat. And I'm looking at our industry going, my God, it just is. And, and here's what I like. The old school guys say, oh, this comes and goes. I remember the assist to sales, the help you sales. When the market turns, they go bye-bye. That's true. It has happened over the last X amount of years. Let's say two cycles. Here's one thing I know. Technology now is so far advanced and there's so many billions of dollars thrown at technology that in fact they have the technology to keep those fees where they are so it's it's different this go around pat it's very very different technology has replaced there's, there's companies a lot of out stuff. there too that don't that don't have buyer aid that don't have buyers that don't work buyers right is mm -hmm. it like um, there's companies i know of that i had someone on the show from arizona where they basically you know their whole concept is you, you know, just work listings, right? So yeah. if you don't have buyers, there's no in t internal incentive, right? Mm -hmm. To really keep, it, it, and, unless the house sits on the market and doesn't sell. But, you know, but they, time will tell with that. I just think it's fascinating to watch. Curious, actually, that it hadn't happened sooner. Wondering if because there were so many big brokers, there was an uh, some sense of antitrust, you know, I'm going to send you a little note because of this crappy co-op you did. Um, and now that there's all these big brokers and all these different internet brokers and things like that, and nobody knows each other, that that antitrust is gone. You, you know, it's just not there, right? The, and it's finally becoming a reality and flourishing. I, I don't know. So you're seeing it more and more, huh? Oh, I see it every single day. I mean, like I said, I have 300 agents. They come to me in tears every day. My own buyer's team comes to me in tears every day. I have agents and people sending me the emails that other people are getting. They're, they're legitimately, but here's the interesting thing. And here's what I've seen. And here's what I'm kind of feeling. So let's say the red fins are giving back this huge percentage to the buyers, right? And that's how they're attracting hundreds and thousands of buyers. But as that co-op commission goes down, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. So I think those companies that are doing it are very smart right now to start blowing out the 1% commission. So they're going to switch from owning the buyers to owning the sellers. Like look how many companies there are right now, Homelight and Op City and all these companies that are focused on buyers and getting these, you know, 25 to 35% referral fees. But I think they're going to switch their ISAs to look for sellers pretty soon. It's, it's going to be an interesting turn. And, you know, and I love this business. I love this industry. And I'm, I can't wait to see what the next five, seven, 10 years holds, because I'm going to look back and tell my kids, I remember back in the day when we used to have a blank percent, you know, I mean, I still have fun talking about fax machines and, you know, presenting offers in person, but we're going to have this talk, you know, you and I, five years from now, we're going to say, remember that time we did that podcast and, and there used to be X as a, as a commission. Do you remember those days? And, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch how it changes. And I think the Uberization of real estate is real. And I think us, we're very lucky to have maybe another three to five more years of it to see how it turns out. And now a word about Rebus University, the future of real estate training from Las Vegas, Nevada, Trish Williams. How many listings are you taking every month now? Last month, I took nine listings. So you took more listings last month than you did all last year. Yes, I did. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You need to do the course. Even if you're already a listing agent, you need to... You need to do this. You need to see what all the all, all the big guys are doing, what they're, what, what they're out there doing, what information is there. You never can know too much. And the, the information is completely valuable. It's more more than I've, you know, I, I've seen anywhere in, in all the different training courses. And, and I've, I've gone through quite a bit of different training courses. It's, um, it's more valuable than, um, than any of those that I've seen, because it actually shows you the appointment and breaks it down, down to the call, down to the walk, down to the close. And it's not just one person and their, their way of doing it. There's eight different people to see all these variation and you can see what works for you. If you want the listing success that Trish Williams has had, 
Just type in the coupon code CLA50 on rebusuniversity.com. That's R-E-B-U-S university.com for, get this, 50% off the certified listing agent course. That's CLA50. You won't regret it. You know, I always tell my agents, look, if you were going to go to Vegas today, would you book on Southwest or would you book through a travel agent? They all say Southwest. I say, okay, let me ask you a question. If you were going to go on a 30-day tour through Europe, would you, call, would you go online or would you call a travel agent? And they all say, I'll call a travel agent. So those are the things that are going to have to play out pretty soon. And okay, I'm, well, I'm interested minute, to see. This, this, is a great, this is a great analogy. So what, what, what essentially you're saying, because it's, the harder the transaction is, the, the, the more you're going to use full service and be yep. willing Here's the thing where it ties in, because everybody knows this, this is what you and I need to talk about, that what, what, as agents, what you need to do, if you see this train coming, is get a buyer-broker agreement signed from the buyer up front that says, irregardless of whatever the co-op is, you're going to pay me X, right? And you have to tell them, you're going to have to tell them up front, listen, I know you're going to see things on Zillow, you're going to see things here, you're going to want to see this house, it is for sale, but not everybody's paying the same thing anymore like they used to. Sign this. It says you're going to pay me out of my, your own pocket if I end up showing you a house that is, you know, not paying me what I deserve. And if they don't sign it, you, you're going to run a huge risk. And, and, yep. and that's the key. So I think what, <laughs> and what are those agents, Pat, what are those agents going to do to show that type of value, though? I mean, they're really going to have to hustle to get some pretty, you know, if somebody can afford a half a million dollar house, they're savvy enough to say, why would I sign that buyer broker agreement? What are you going to do that all these others aren't going to do? And that's where the key is. And that's what I train. And that's and what they, I like to watch. They, if they fall in love with that house, you're man, screwed. They're, they're going to be, hey, sorry, sorry for your luck. Mm -hmm. NMP, not my problem. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm only making this much on this house sale. And it's like, well, we love this house. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll kick you a grand. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'll give you, I'll give the agents a really good tip. My, my absolute best script right now. And, and it, and it works so well. I say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I understand that you're looking at the websites. I understand there's people emailing you listings, but here's the truth. The good deals never make it to the websites, and here's the reason why. There's houses out there, and I have lots of them. They're painting, sprucing, cleaning carpets. The sign is up, but they're not on the websites. All the agents, all the neighbors, all the people are making the good deals right now while you're waiting for them to pop up in your email one day. Truth be told, if you don't have an agent doing a 21-point checklist all day, every day to find off market homes, you're getting the leftovers that nobody else wanted. Was that your intention to overpay for a home that's not what you want? I don't think so. So you have to understand the value of us agents that are working hard before they ever hit the websites. Does that make sense? And yeah. they're like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it, def- it Definitely the moral of the story is, you know, there's even more reason for you to prospect to get off markets, for you to sell the houses, you know, internally. I had one guy on the show uh, from, from Arizona, which is, in a, which is in a crazy market brokerage-wise and commission-wise and everything else who basically only sells houses within uh, the company. They have like 300 agents like you, and they, they keep them all to themselves, right? So they don't work with co-op brokers mm-hmm. for, the, for at least the first 30 days. Yep. And, um, and that's really a preservation of the commission in a sense c- c- compared to what you and I are talking about now. And I think that everybody, whether your broker is going to do that or not, if you start thinking that way, right? Where you're going to think more like a commercial broker, right? Where a commercial broker is just trying to sell everything themselves. They yep. prefer to do it. And most of the transactions, they don't co-op. They, if you start thinking more like that, it could, is another way to start hedging your bet into the future of what we're dealing with, with this distor- disruption, right? Because then you're, then you're in control of the commission. You know, you're going to get paid because you have the you have the magic house that they're going to fall in love with, right? right? I mean, that's really where it's headed. 
Yeah, I'll give you two. I'll give you two quick things. I know we're running out of time, but I'm already experiencing that with management company, right? So our property management company in our town, my forefathers screwed it up to where we don't use the MLS in our town, but yet I'm the big boy on the block. I have 25 properties. The agents want to touch them. We don't let them. The, the agents, the clients say, hey, I'm working with so-and-so from Century 21. I want to see this rental. I go, fantastic. We don't cooperate with other brokers. Go to our website. So we have this unbelievable control of the management, uh, cornering the management market right now. It's not my fault. I didn't want to do this, but we do it because the competition has trained our local investors that you don't pay an MLS commission. So I'm already experiencing what that can okay, feel so like. Let me, and that's let, me, really let me slow this down here. So basically what you're saying is, is with the, the, four, the 700 rentals that you have, you're, you're putting them in, on like an electronic lockbox. You're dealing with your people. You're renting them for them. And do you charge them anything for it? Yeah, we charge them a, a you know a upfront marketing fee. We charge them a leasing fee. We charge them monthly fees. We charge them a crap ton of cash, but we right, don't right, have to share that with any other agent. That's oh, the I nice see. thing about so, it. So, so, you, so you're not you're not putting in an MLS and saying I'll give you right. rent. Exactly. So you we have so much yourself. control that you know we can get a tenant. and We can say here's all of our properties because right. We and most agents will be like uh, they don't co-op and they're going to be like well and, and no big deal. I didn't want to work for you as a rental anyway. So. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not going to get as, you're not going to get these agents calling you screaming bloody murder that you, you jerk them out of a rental commission because mm -hmm. they weren't making that much anyways. You know what I mean? Right. But we can feel what that would feel like, how what your buddy in Arizona is doing. The second thing that we're doing is let's do a be honest. I want to double end my properties too, right? So typically, if you look at any graph, any sales trainer, they say, okay, there's there's the first three weeks. If you looked at a graph, it goes up a little bit and then a little bit more. And then the third week is your optimal week for marketing, right? And then by week four, it goes down a little bit. So what I'm trying to tell my sellers is, look, we don't want to wait till week three to optimal marketing. We want to do a pre-marketing campaign while we spruce up the house, get it ready. We want to get the pictures, the drone tours, everything, build up that anticipation so much from the market the day one we hit the MLS is optimal marketing time. So we have three solid weeks of optimal marketing time to actually get the highest price in the quickest amount of time. Therefore, the buyers are not going to negotiate. If you hit that 30-day market, they're going to negotiate. And really what that means is I want seven to 10 days to try to double end that home while they're sprucing it up because we have a crap ton of buyers. We work hard to find them. Why not enjoy and reap the benefits of that while I am being honest because I do want the seller's home to hit the MLS in perfect condition with perfect photo, perfect video, perfect everything. So I'm not lying, but at the same time, I do have ulterior motives too because I sometimes have to reduce my listing agent commission to compete with some other people, and I'd rather reap the benefits of a full commission. So it's it's that's how we're doing it right now, and and quite honestly, these these agents are out of control. So I I, I don't want to work with them all the time. So. This is a fascinating conversation, really, because essentially what we're saying is the the amount of compensation is directly proportionate to the barrier to entry for the consumer. So the barrier to entry for the consumer is they're not going to know about that house. <laughs> And, and unless they meet Mike or meet one of Mike's agents, right? right? So there's a huge barrier to entry. But as soon as that thing hits Zillow, the compensation, like we said on the co-op, could be Z, right? And mm -hmm. agents are going to show it. All these brand new agents, part-time agents, whatever, they're going to, you know, they're, all these people are just going to rush out there and show it and use the lockbox, right? So you remove that barrier to entry, right? Um, and I think the same thing applies to your travel agent analogy, which I really like. If I'm going to China for a month, which I actually did, right? I took seven family members to China for two weeks. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> there was a huge barrier to entry because I didn't want to deal with someone who speaks Chinese. I, you know, I was scared to death of, you know, they were going to put us in the ghetto. And you, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So there was like a barrier to entry issue. Where, like you said, if we're going to Vegas, there's no barrier entry, man. Everything's free online, right, to, right. to figure out what to do. Right. Trust it. Yep. It's, a, it's an amazing phenomenon. Like, I went to Europe for a month last uh, summer, and, and I had my travel agent book a Sprinter van, a full-time driver. We had, you know, only five-star hotels. We, we had people to meet us at the airport to carry our shit so we didn't get lost. I mean, it was a full thing. I was spending, you know, probably three, four hours with my travel agent, 
and putting that together. But honestly, if I was going to, well, let's, I'll do another, be honest. I took uh, December off. I, f- I flew to Florida. We landed in Miami, my wife and I, and that was the only hotel I booked before I got there because I said, babe, yeah. I want to stay on a beach where I see a palapa cover, a beautiful sunset, and I smell coconut in the air. And that's where we're going to stay. So we traveled, you know, a few weeks before the kids flew into Tampa, traveling up and down the whole coast. I didn't need a travel agent. All I needed was locals to tell me where a cool place to stay is. I had my apps. I had my laptop. I didn't need a travel agent. And that was a pretty intense trip. Less right? and less bare to entry. I know my, my daughter and I just went to Croatia and we used Airbnb the whole time zero barrier to entry. Yep. Um, and I think you're seeing more, you're going to see, you, you, there will be a day when you will not need to pay a travel agent to take a family of seven to China. I mean, it's, you know, it's already there really, you know, maybe it'll become flat fee or, or it's just going to get easier and easier. The world is getting easier and easier and the real estate world, unfortunately, is getting easier and easier. And there's a lot of people that would, would come on this show and debate that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just interesting to watch. I don't want to take one side or the other, but it's interesting as hell to watch. Yeah. And that's another thing, honestly, with the management portion of this, I have, you know, 600 very loyal owners that would never leave my side because I babysit their house. We talk to them every month. We handle it. We have an unbreakable bond. They might get that red fin 1%, but they're going to call me. And like I said too yesterday, I have an appointment set. I'll sit down with them. I'll show you the value, how much we spend on marketing, why experience matters. And the $60,000 a year red fin agent is not going to do it. And I have that shot at least. And I have this loyalty. If I didn't have these 600 people, which equates by the way, to at least 10% of that is sales a year. So I had 60 sales last year, basically already locked up before the year started. And that's what I love what about... What, what does that mean? So if I manage 600 homes, I'm oh, guaranteed 10%, 10% are going to sell. But that's you. only if you don't work it. If you work it, you're going to get another 10 to 20% of the tenants, turn them into buyers. You're going to get another uh, 10% because of the referrals from the happy, loyal Especially customers. Especially calling them and saying, hey, Frank, guess what? Your mm-hmm. house, I just did a market analysis on your house. It's, it's, it's worth this now. You, you, you may want to yeah. bail you know, before anything changes. Uh, all right, yeah, let's dump it. You're kind of like, yeah. you become kind of like a stockbroker. Yeah, I'm their stockbroker. I'm their financial planner. I'm their confidant. I'm their psychologist. The bottom line is, as the market changes and the Uberization of real estate becomes real and happens, I at least have a shot with these people to inform them and help them make good educated decisions before they call the one percenters. I mean, honestly, what's that sale bot, I think, out of San Francisco? Owners of a property could put their home on the market in less than three minutes in the MLS for free. I mean, that's what is this? Sale sale bot? Yeah, it's Jesse Zagorski. He's he's the one that told me about it. Yeah, he was on a couple weeks ago. Another one of my best friends in the world. But uh, he he told me, I think it's called Sale Bot out of uh, Silicon Valley. So it's just a bunch of dudes sitting around in their flip flops, smoking pot, hanging out. And they're like, hey, if we only got 200 sales a year, let's do this. So so the encourages the it encourages. And then yeah. and they just you put it in for free. What's, they put what's it, in it for them? They have uh, they direct the mortgage, they direct the escrow, the title, and they get referral fees from all these companies plus advertisers on their site. So and they they're upfront and honest about it on the front of their video. It says, "Look, we don't want to make commission off you. We make commission off." The partners that we're going to hook you up with. These are good, tested, you know, reliant vendors that we use. Why wouldn't you use them? And that's how we get paid. So the homeowner's like, well, I don't give a shit what a title company I use as long as it's good title insurance and they get their referrals. They, they probably own it, you know, whatever. But the fact of the matter is that they can put their home in the MLS for free right now. So once those people are smart and start advertising that, holy crap, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just another realization. Are you Googling it right now? Yeah, I was checking it out. Um, is it there? Is yeah, it, but it makes it, sense. It makes sense. Is that the right name? Real estate for sale. Now it goes right to Zillow. Zillow's bought. Yeah, so we can ask Jesse. But what, I thought it was yeah, called whatever. Sale, but, it makes sense. I mean, but there's, I, there's I, I, several I of them. If you just Google discount commissions for real estate, I mean, there's yeah, probably I mean, the bottom 20 line is people. They're like, hey, I don't need to make anything. Uh, you know, I, I, I just want to get the mortgage or I just want to get the title because – 
you know, at the end of the day, those things are disruptive as well because you know, you know, there's so much fees. I mean, look what, look what Keller Williams just did with Keller Mortgage, right? You know, they just, oh my gosh, they, yeah. they just took seven thousand bucks right out of the fat, right? Mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, so that there's no, fat super there. smart, super smart, and and I think everybody, I think I think all the leaders in our industry are looking to become data companies, like Gary Keller said the other day. We're not a real estate company anymore; we're a data company. And once they admit that and say that out loud to the world, we have serious issues to work through as real estate agents on what company we're going to work for, what mindset we're going to have. Kind of saying the same thing. He says, you know, we don't want the we don't want the mortgage money. We don't want to make money on the mortgage. We just want more more real estate commissions. And the sales bot is kind of doing the exact same thing. They're saying, we don't want the real estate commission. We just want the mortgage commission. So, mm -hmm. you know, people are getting paid somehow, but I think they finally realize that there's a lot of fat when you start adding all these ancillary businesses together. There's, and that's why so many people have gotten so stinking rich in, in, yeah. in the real estate. And it's and it's the same with the brokerage is like, I don't want any money from my agents commissions, if they use my escrow company, I'm happy with that, right? So that mentality is circling through really? all aspects. Did you tell them that? No, I mean, we, we do have a $3,600 cap. I mean, it's the best compensation plan in the industry. And I stole that exactly from Sam and Big Bear. Oh, oh good I friends. see. So $3,600 a year is our desk cost per agent, but we want them to use our ancillary services. You know, we want them to use our mortgage. We want them to use our escrow. We want them to, we want them oh, to use our transaction yeah, coordinators, so our marketing thing, plan. But you're yeah. giving the money back to the agents. Yeah, the agents now have the the marketing money, the Who branding money. in turn give it back to, the, to their consumers if they want? And they can be able to compete successfully. I don't care what they do as long as they're ethical, aggressive with their sales, and do good things for them and their families. You know, I want them to focus on the six Fs, and I tell them every single day, an hour a day, they have to do that. Their faith, their family, their friends, their future business, and their finances. That's all I care about, that they have a nice balanced life, and we're all happy, and we all make money. That's just the way it goes. Now, as a broker, can you, do you control their, what they co-op? This is a great question. I do control it. Yes, I do. Uh, it's very debatable. I've let go some agents uh, that wanted to, you know, uh, in my opinion, disgrace our industry. And it's a very touchy subject. They're like, well, everybody else is doing it. And I'm like, well, we don't want that reputation. We're a discount brokerage to the agents, not the public. And, and it's a very, very touchy gray area as a broker and an independent contract and legality. But for right now, I stand strong and I say, do not you know, do that to our industry and they're more than welcome to leave. You know, everybody can come, but not everybody can stay. And if they start ruining the, um, the culture of my company, they have to go. And that's just the way it is. Unfortunately. And if they want to do that, they can get their own broker's license and be whoever the hell they want. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I expected you to say, but it, it is interesting. Uh, uh, cause certainly there's a, you know, brokers out there that say, you know, I don't care. Right. Um, and, yeah. uh, and that's what's happening. So it's, this has been great, man. This has been a blast. You can come back anytime because we could roll on some serious uh, in-depth. <laughs> we can, yeah, anything you want, man. We can talk about it. <laughs> so as you know, Mike, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift. What gift are you giving our listeners today? Uh, that's a great question. I think I uploaded it so long ago. I don't remember what it is, but if I remember right, it would be if you were to consider starting a property management portion to your real estate business, I think it's a checklist that they'll talk about all the things you need to consider and do before opening your doors for property management. Uh, it's, you know, it's taken years and years to compile. And I think it's a very good checklist just to get your yeah, mind yeah, that's rolling. What it is. It's the 30 action plan. 30-step action plan. For oh, a 30-day action plan to opening a management day, company. And it's just a very small part of what we used to have our company, Agent Mechanics. We'd have the whole entire business in a box and sell it to realtors and train them on how to do this so they can skip the two or three years of horrible mistakes I've made. But that's just a very, very small piece in that package. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And guys, you can get that on hybendigital.com. Backslash Mike B, as in boy. Mike B, as in boy. Um, his last name is a little complicated. So hybendigital.com backslash Mike B. And also you can, as always, go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox and get it in the agent toolbox, among other things, or text the word toolbox to 444-999. I will also put 
everything that Mike and I talked about in the show notes on hybendigital.com backslash Mike B. Mike, this has been a blast. Buddy, come back anytime. Thank you, buddy. And if I'm ever in Santa Clarita, I will definitely look you up and we can get together and break some bread. Sounds like a plan, man. Again, thank you so much and congratulations for uh, what you've done for our industry, man. I just couldn't thank you enough and I think I speak for everybody in this country. Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Lives, and we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.